The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. Thanks for listening today, and I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Phil Goostwhite. Welcome, Phil. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Sarah. You were um, you were one of our, I don't know, early on in the podcast. We've been doing this for a year now. I noticed the other day that our first one was October 3rd, so here we are in 2021. Mm-hmm. So very cool. It's kind of like an anniversary month for the podcast, so fancy having you here for the anniversary. <laughs> oh, what a pleasure. So Phil is a licensed marriage and family therapist seasoned. You've been doing this for a number of years, treating clients in the marriage family realm. Also clinical director of mental health services at 180, as well as our company chaplain, which is a pretty cool thing. Really exciting to me. Yeah. And so today we're going to be talking about spiritually integrated therapy, which is a great topic to share with audience members. I believe we're spiritual beings and everywhere we look, we're influenced by spirituality. It's just embedded in our environment and us as persons. So a great topic. Why don't you start off by defining for the audience, what is spiritually integrated psychotherapy? Well, a lot of folks are somewhat familiar with what might be called faith integrated or faith-based psychotherapy. And what that would mean is if you're Jewish, you go to a Jewish therapist who shares the same religious constructs so that things that come out of Judaism, traditions, celebrations, uh, and Jewish, Jewish scriptures could be used to help integrate within the growth process of the client. For Christians, they would want to see a Christian therapist. Spiritually integrated psychotherapy is distinctly different from that because it goes to a larger perspective. It focuses on uh, not what the uh, clinician has necessarily, but an attempt to understand how a client or client couple or family view their own spirituality and to utilize whatever that might be in a way to help them to integrate uh, those experiences and ideas to help them attain uh, their goals for being in therapy. So it's using that and sharing that in spiritual dialogue in such a way that it can be meaningful and helpful to the client. Now, what would you say to a client who says, well, I'm not a very spiritual person, or really what I hear sometimes is people will say, well, I'm not a religious person. And like you just said, spiritually integrated therapy is different than faith-based or religious therapy. That's a great question, and I get it all the time, especially on my intake paperwork. When people go on our website and they see my bio, it's fairly easy to notice that I'm a retired U.S. Army chaplain after 20 years on active duty, and I am an ordained clergy person in the faith traditions of Christianity. And so people oftentimes will tell me that they're not very religious, and they're surprised when I tell them I'm not either, (laughs) Uh, because religiosity is really quite distinct from the basics of spirituality, which all people everywhere hold in common. So I ask them to think about spirituality this way. I say, do you believe in concepts of love? Mm. Uh, Most people will say yes. Do you believe in friendship? Uh, Yes. How about faithfulness? 
Yes, truthfulness, sure. So these concepts are uniquely human concepts. As far as we know, the animals don't sit around having discussions around love, faithfulness, hopefulness, Mm -hmm. and all of these concepts. So humans are always narrating their lives. We do that from probably before we're even born. As infants begin to construct uh, some awareness, and of course, as soon as they're born, all sorts of new events are happening to them, and they hear people talking to them, and they start to develop language very, very early. They just can't speak those words until a significant change in their lives. And then we're surprised they have a vast vocabulary, at least 500 words, when they speak their first word. So we narrate our lives, our playtime, our work time, and we're always wondering about who we are, Mm -hmm. how we got here, what are we supposed to do now that we're here, And the big question is, where are we to go after this? Right. And so spiritually integrated process, I haven't had anybody yet tell me they're not spiritual after they think of those terms. Right. Well, and I think that in a nutshell answers someone who would say, well, I'm not very religious, so I don't want to talk about these things. And what you're proposing here is that this is not about religion. This is about ourselves as spiritual beings and how we interact with the world around us that being spiritual as well. Exactly. In fact, I would argue that you can't do psychotherapy unless you do spiritual connection. The very fact that we sit together in a, a, in a sacred space where people get to share their lives with us and ask for some guidance about whatever their mm. uh, problem might be or their conception of the problem is a spiritual exercise. The idea that two human beings can talk about an issue and can grow in that process. Therapists grow as clients Mm. do. Uh, That in itself is a spiritual process. And it's sad that most of our training programs rarely, if ever, even address the fact that we're spiritual creatures, much less how to do it or what to do. I remember in my program, basically it was one sentence. You should figure out what to do about people's spirituality. And that was it. Right. And so, wow, that uh, throws us into a giant field with very little training except what we ourselves bring at whatever age we are at the time about our own constructs or, or beliefs around spirituality and or perhaps religiosity as well. Right. And it just speaks to the idea that we are a whole person, mind, body, and spirit. And a lot of therapists are investigating and do work through the spiritual side of humans as they're bringing their mental health struggles. So I know that you have some some go-to references when you're talking with clients. So would you like to share some of that? I would. I, I've received some special training uh, in spiritually integrated psychotherapy, primarily around a book written by Kenneth Pargament, who is professor at Bowling Green State University. He has done significant research along with many other colleagues who have investigated this field with in-depth research. And his book is titled Spiritually Integrated Psychotherapy, Understanding and Addressing the Sacred. And this concept uh, evolves largely out of an idea that Humans have a need to be forgiven and to forgive Hmm. because we step on each other. Mm -hmm. We bump into each other in sometimes rather benign kinds of ways, like when Mm -hmm. we bump into somebody standing in line, or 
when we do something which upon later reflection might reveal that we were pretty nasty to somebody mm-hmm. for some reason. And so we have these impacts. And in human families, there are things that happen through sometimes no fault of our own and sometimes driven by circumstances and trauma mm. and sometimes by fault of our own, which cause uh, struggles with children and their parents, kids within the kids' subsystems, the sibling system, and certainly between husbands and wives. The sad statistic is that over 50% of marriages will end in divorce, mm. and that figure does not change when it comes to religious families. Mm. It's essentially the same. And that seems totally counterintuitive. Why would that be? What do we do about it? And how do we somehow make an impact in the lives of clients so that they can think about things in a way which will give them buoyancy and resilience and maybe figure out a way to make course corrections in their relationships, whether it's marriage, whether it's people at work, Mm. whether it's a relationship with themselves and their own struggles of self-identity or their own self-discoveries, whatever it might be, having to try to figure out somehow to help them integrate that Mm -hmm. in a way that will help them achieve their goals. Paul Tillich in 1952, one of the great theologians of that era, spoke of matters of ultimate anxiety. Anxiety drives so much of what we see in psychotherapy. Um, in, in fact, it's almost, uh, almost kind of like a designer disease we all have. In fact, I, I tell my uh, supervisees that if you don't have an anxiety disorder before you become a therapist, <laughs> you will as you become a therapist because we have to focus on so many details and get our notes correct and worry about insurance and all those things. And of course, we're worried about our clients and trying to do the best job we can for them. That it does create a kind of an anxious uh, state for us. And we have to work on that somehow so we can be really present. So Tillich said the anxiety of fate and death, the anxiety of emptiness and meaninglessness, and the anxiety of guilt and condemnation is how he would describe the ultimate anxiety that all humans have to deal with because we have this thing we all face, which is death, separation Mm -hmm. from all that we know and all whom we know. And the question is, what then? Yeah, what happens after? So death and dying certainly is a part of the exploration of spiritually integrated therapy. I mean, that is going to come up when working through any kind of mental health struggle, anxiety, trauma, depression. It fits in all of those areas, Mm -hmm. for sure. Pargament says this, and I quote him, Spirituality, then, represents a kind of distinctive resource for living, one particularly well-suited to the struggles with human limitations and the idea of finitude. We have an end, or maybe we don't, but we have a transition. And different religions of the world have tried to give some kind of structure to that. Some uh, religions are based on sacred scriptures that came to humans through miraculous means. Others base their spirituality more on humanism. And even secular humanism is based on concepts that somehow have evolved in society that say that fair play is important, that uh, giving everybody a fair shake in life is important. Mm -hmm. Caring for those who are weaker than ourselves seems to be a pretty universal concept for most people. And so how to deal with all of that in a way that can help relieve anxiety and give a client some sense 
of owning their own forward progress is the whole idea behind how we might treat them in these ways. Well, and certainly just given the past two years, I guess it's almost been two years since the whole COVID pandemic, I think a lot more people might be contemplating this question of death and dying and maybe watching those around the world decease and move on due to this wretched disease. And so then they're asking themselves, what is my end going to look like and when will it happen? And they're really grappling with this idea of Um, death and dying, and it produces lots of anxiety. Well, let's think about what just happened in this past year through the pandemic. We had certainly a loss of 700,000 Americans through COVID-related demise. I forget what the figures are for the world, but they're astronomical. Mm -hmm. 700,000 people is a lot of Americans Mm -hmm. who are no longer with us. The struggles politically that came out of all of that and the political election that we've all somehow survived has created more and more divide and a sense of fear, I think, in the part of so many people, regardless of what side they're on. And then we have the whole concept of what's happening in our environment. Things seem to be hotter or wetter than they used to be. And lots of scientists are telling us that uh, somehow our planet's in danger. There's some who say that's nonsense. But the point is that everybody has an opinion. And Throughout this time, and actually for several years leading up to this, probably over the last 20 years, uh, we have had an increasing disregard or disenchantment with the institutions that used to hold us together. Mm. One of those, of course, is the church or religious structure. A second one has to do with legal, the idea that our country is based on laws. Mm -hmm. A third is the medical community, which is largely appreciated and largely totally, in the realm of some people, distrusted, Mm. sometimes even at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I find it interesting people won't take a vaccine, but they'll take the antidotes if they get sick that are created by the same pharmaceutical scientists. And so that's curious as to how that works out as people think about it. The Supreme Court today is changing things. And what we used to think was probably a legal process that was moving forward might now be in retrograde. We're not sure. There are differences of opinion about that. But the fact is that the law is very fluid. It's not absolute. It's whatever we decided to be through our votes and who gets on the Supreme Court by which presidents and what streams of influence seem to pressure all of that. So, of course, we go back to the Magna Carta (laughs) and uh, English law, but at the same time, we have these new pressures. The church has really lost its influence in large measure in uh, Christian circles. Some shifts are occurring, uh, tectonic almost, Mm -hmm. in the the, uh, spirituality of Christianity. But we look at other religions, and the same thing can be said, that it's either hardening into a greater sense of dogmatism or the other direction where anything goes and Mm -hmm. there's really no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And neither of those are terribly helpful for folks. The one creates higher anxiety because you can't possibly do everything right. Mm -hmm. And the other is anxiety producing because there's no boundaries and no fences. Exactly. And we all know how children react when they don't have any boundary. It makes them more hyperactive and confused Mm -hmm. and fearful. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, military was the other classic profession 
over time. And now we find that although we have the strongest military in the history of humankind, we basically lost in the last war. Mm. In fact, we haven't really won a war since World War II, and we did that in concert with a lot of people. So strength doesn't necessarily equal victory, Hmm. or power doesn't equal victory. And so then the question is, what do we depend on? Right. Who can we trust? And that leaves everybody with higher anxiety, and it's kind of like dog-eat-dog, everybody out for themselves, and that usually doesn't work well in societies. What you have just summarized and shared really is the epitome of where we are at this point in history as as humanity. And I think that's globally. These different systems that we look to for trust, be it a church system, a governmental system, the military, the medical systems, people don't trust any of those large systems right now. And so people feel lost and hopeless. They feel anxious and afraid. And then everybody's facing their own mortality, you know, in the past two years. Um, and so then that brings us back to what are we doing? What, what is the spiritual point of this existence? So when we think about that, uh, therapists are at a very interesting crossroad. Counselors, therapists, psychiatrists are placed in a position of very deep trust by clients who come to us. We're expected to be able to help them, not pressure them, not put our own beliefs upon them, but to help them discover their own truth Mm -hmm. and how to manipulate life, how to maneuver themselves through the challenges that they face. And what we've run into with therapists is that there's two kinds of spiritually disintegrated therapists, according to Pargament's studies and his colleagues. And one of those is the spiritually intolerant Hmm. therapist, and the second is the spiritually illiterate therapist. And one could say that intolerance is obviously terrible because we're imposing then our own beliefs upon our clients and disrespecting their right to think the way they think. And spiritual illiteracy puts us in a position of not knowing what to do to help them in their own development of their own spirituality and maybe religiosity as it might affect them. So both of those positions of the disintegrated therapist, that is the therapist who hasn't integrated their own belief structure, creates a divide when we think that most of, in outcome studies, people have about 80% of people who come into psychotherapy want to be able to talk to their therapist about these kinds of issues, and only about 25% of therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors even believe in spirituality or any kind of religious belief for themselves. So there's a disconnect mm. in this most crucial of helping professions, especially when people don't have a culturally sensitive religious group to go to, Mm -hmm. pastor, priest, rabbi, imam, Mm -hmm. or whatever, Mm -hmm. who do they turn to? Who can they go to that will help them? Traditionally, and all the more so, they come to our profession to try to help them. So Pargament would argue for a spiritually integrated core of therapists who become spiritually literate and tolerant of different beliefs such that we can hold space Mm. in the sacred conversations and people have an opportunity to safely uh, maneuver around and stretch and be frustrated and be anxious and be calmed and learn how to proceed 
to create the balance that they need for their own survival and more than that, hopefully their own happiness. And that's why I'm so grateful for clinicians like yourself. And of course, I'll brag on 180 because this is a 180 podcast. We have many spiritually integrated therapists throughout the practice. You know, some of different faith traditions, but that's not the point. It's not about religion or religiosity. It's about the spiritual beings that we are and how we're connecting with our clients and with one another on this planet. I think it's wonderful that 180 can be that safe space for clients to come and talk through some of these spiritual existential kind of questions that we all have. And even more to that point as the chaplain for 180 and uh, being a retired army chaplain dealing with people of all different faith traditions and none at all. Mm -hmm. Those who are uh, more spiritually based uh, and and, uh, humanistic perhaps in their perspective. Uh, We believe so much in this that we hold a monthly WebEx for therapists to join where we consider the person of the therapist themselves and give some space for us to consider these issues Mm -hmm. so we can continue to grow Mm -hmm. both in breadth and in depth and uh, in our own awareness of our issues so we can be more present for the issues of our clients and even for one another as colleagues because this is a tough task Mm -hmm. that we have in presenting Mm -hmm. um, a safe place for people to work through these very important issues. So one final thought from you, if you were to share with the audience, anyone who's listening that might be struggling with mental health concerns, but they want to explore it through the lens of spiritually integrated therapy, what would you say to those people listening, uh, why it would be valuable for them to reach out to a therapist at 180? Well, for several reasons. The majority of us take the spiritual dimension quite seriously, and we're very sensitive to wanting to Um, leaning forward towards the client's own belief system such that we can help them to integrate. There are problems that can happen in one's understanding of spirituality. Sometimes our God's too small and we run into some really big things like the death of a spouse Mm -hmm. or of a loved one or some awful thing like Mm COVID-19. I mean, there's lots of examples. And then we have two choices. We can not believe in God or we can expand our belief in God or in some human quality that can still reach out with hope and aspiration for one another. And so addressing these is what 180 really stands for primarily. And our ability to do that is enhanced because we take it seriously and support each other and understand that this is an ongoing growth development process for all humans, not just our clients. Mm. But we're part of all that. Right. And we need to do it for ourselves. Most other organizations don't have that kind of an integrated overall perspective. Whereas we at 180 try to create that with the freedom of each therapist to to maneuver in that area according to the dictates of their own training, their own conscience, and their own sense of spirituality. And uh, we say it often, it is a privilege to do this work because a lot of times we learn from our clients just as they might be learning from us. And it is just this you know, like we're talking about the spiritual dance of one spirit interacting with the other um, and just moving through this lifetime together. So it's a pretty cool privilege. Absolutely. One thing is for sure. Uh, Someone said there's two things you can't avoid. One is death and one is taxes. (laughs) But we know that there's lots of people that avoid taxes. Uh, Usually the the more wealthy can do that. Um, 
But nobody can avoid death. Mm. No, nobody can avoid the fact that we have to say goodbye to certain things. Mm -hmm. As we mature through life and lifespan development, we, we have to say goodbye to our youthfulness. Our strength changes. Uh, we can't, uh, we're not as flexible as we once were uh, in our younger days. Um, all kinds of things have to be said goodbye to if we're going to say hello to the next phase of life. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge because people don't like change. Uh, the one thing we hate the most usually is change, and yet that's an inevitable. So therapy can help us to embrace the change and to become more aware of how we fit into that. And we can claim our lives in the midst of it. And that's really a hopeful process for anyone in counseling. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and experience in spiritually integrated therapy. And I hope that if you're listening today and this piques your interest and you think, hey, I would benefit from speaking to a therapist from a spiritual perspective. Feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on 1-80counseling.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.